Hey, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide. I want to thank everybody for the support and what they're saying online. Uh, response has been fantastic. Uh, we're going to get Mike in here this weekend and we'll talk to him a little bit more. We're going to dig deep into, I think, the optics discussion. There's been a lot with that, a lot of movement in optics right now. So I want to get into that when I have Mike here because he looks at it from a retail standpoint as well as an end user standpoint, being how he's a, a accomplished precision rifle shooter. So um, I'm going to get into a few things that happen. This might be a little shorter than normal, but we want to give you something for your commute to or from work. And uh, one of the first things I want to jump into that I touched on a little bit is uh, rifle cleaning. Um, it's been said more barrels have been ruined by overcleaning versus shooting them. And I'm a big proponent of shooting more, cleaning less. Uh, we've seen this forever, and, and I'll go back with some stories about this. Uh, just going back to the rifles only days, we, I mean, we shot a ton. The rifles were being used every day, and we're shooting thousands and thousands of rounds with this stuff, and we weren't cleaning them. Well, we had an instructor out there, uh, Andrew, who had an M40 clone built, DD Ross, the whole thing, 308s, and we were shooting 308s uh, pretty consistently then. And he was cleaning his rifle like every 40 rounds. You know, Jacob and I looking at uh, him, kind of laughing and giggling, like, yeah, good luck with that. We're going to be over here uh, having a nice tea, you know. But, he, you know, he ended up burning that barrel out around four or 5,000 rounds where the rifles we weren't cleaning we were taken to 10, 12,000 rounds easily. I mean, they were still holding sub-MOA accuracy uh, without cleaning them. And, and this goes to that good copper, bad copper discussion I was having yesterday, where not all copper is a bad thing. I mean, you get guys, and, and it just amazes me when I see people who go, well, I looked in my muzzle and I saw copper, and oh my God. It's like, okay, well, how does it shoot? You know, that's, that, that's the deciding factor. Is it shooting well? I mean, of course, you have to have an accuracy standard to begin with. You, you can't just basically say, you know, I'm a one MOA shooter and my rifle's at one and a quarter. Oh, no, it needs to be clean. It's dirty. You need to be a consistent shooter that you can understand when your groups are getting bigger or lower or smaller. You know, what's going on, I guess, is the bottom line. How is this working? So... One of the things that even talking with guys like Bartland Barrels is you have to let the rifle tell you what it wants. Don't go by some arbitrary number that says you must clean the rifle after every range session. Well, yeah, it's not a bad idea if you're going to put the rifle up and you may not be shooting again for another um, week, another month, whatever the case may be. But for guys like us who shoot every week, who may shoot two, three times a week at a minimum, you know, it doesn't require us to clean them that often because we're constantly going and shooting them again and we're shooting them again. Now, putting your rifle up for winter, putting it up for a month, putting it up because you're switching calibers is a completely different story as well as doing a sort of maintenance clean rather than accuracy scrubbing. You know, you got to break kind of cleaning your rifle down into more than one uh, category. It's Am I cleaning this completely because I'm putting it up for the winter? Am I cleaning this because I'm not going to shoot until next Saturday again? You know, or am I cleaning this because I don't know when I'm going to shoot it again? Those are some very different reasons, and you have to put them into context. Why am I cleaning this rifle? 
Am I cleaning it because? Well, that's not a good reason, and that's one of the reasons you shouldn't do it. Because, I mean, cleaning it is killing barrel life. Regardless of what you know anybody wants to say out there, when you're cleaning it, you're, you're kind of scrubbing in. Those chemicals are taking layers and peeling things back, and, and that's what's going on. And, you know, right off the bat, I want to just tell you, those copper solvents don't care what metal you feed it. It, 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 it'll eat copper if copper's the, you know, the first thing you give it. But once it runs out of copper, it's happy to go after stainless steel. I mean, you know, you get guys at the range, and I've seen this a lot. I mean, see it online. They got a pile, a, you know, Mount Vesuvius of patches. And they'll sit there and say, well, I can't get the carbon out of this barrel. Carbon won't come out. And, and there's 50 patches there. They're putting chemicals in. They're trying every harsh thing they can think of. Hell, they can't even hold their nose over the damn bottle because it'll knock them the frig out. And they're going and going and going and going. And it's like, dude, I said, dude, that's your friggin' barrel. That gray, that black, that's not carbon. That's your barrel. When you rub that stainless steel, it comes out black. It does not come out silver or white or any other funky color. It comes out looking just like carbon. And that's what's going on. So stop trying to clean your stainless steel to that degree. Okay, here's my deal on cleaning a barrel. I got a 308 here. I'm going to not shoot it for another month, maybe two. I take a wet patch. And I just use Shooter's Choice. I use Wipeout a lot in, in, in between, and I'll get into that. But I use something like a Shooter's Choice, a Hoppy's number 9. Something that's a little bit of both, but not harsh. I can hold my nose over the bottle, and it doesn't friggin' knock me out. Okay, I don't go for harsh, toxic, chemical, you know. This is the extreme. I don't do that. So I'm going to say Shooter's Choice, which is pretty much my go-to. And so, get a wet patch. And I run a wet patch through my bore. Then I use nylon brushes a lot. I don't have a thing against the, the, the bronze and the, and the brass brushes there, the mainly bronze. I don't have an issue with them, but not in my method, I don't. I have an issue when guys are going crazy with it. But I tend to use nylon brushes because I bought like 10 packs of IOSO nylon brushes. They're the blue brush. And I like them a lot. I like the IOSO products as far as not being harsh being able to clean stuff out without getting too aggressive so anyway wet patch through the bore got everything nice and wet it's soaked it's wet then i take a wet brush i go in i go one i come back i go two i go out i go three i come back i go four i'm done that's it i brushed and cleaned the rifle now i take another wet patch I run a wet patch through to get all that heavy stuff out and to clean that stuff out. Then I take about four dry patches and it's done. Rifle's done. Got to wipe down the bolt, wipe down the chamber area. You got to clean out the inside of the action a bit. I make sure the crown is good. I kind of go around the crown, although I'll talk about this later. There is definitely schools of thought that say you can mangle a crown and it doesn't have an issue. I'm going to test that theory out, but... I've heard it from several people that it was tested um, by some pretty big names out there and they basically said you could throw tons of nicks in your crown and, and it won't matter. And we've seen it with the suppressor stuff. I know Thunder Beast has some stuff Zach Smith did 
on his demigod uh, website where you can see the crowns are corroded. I mean, just covered in cake from the suppressors being on there. And it doesn't have an ill effect. In that case, it's enclosed, so you don't really see it. Same thing, you put a brake on and all these different things, you're kind of blocking it. But I will say I have seen guys who throw covers over suppressors act like a false crown and throw flyers. So I, I want to test this a little bit further. I wipe the crown off. I wipe my threads off. I make sure my threads are clean for my suppressors and things like that. And, and, I, and I use, uh, for that, I use fire clean on my threads for my suppressors. I know there's a lot of other chemicals out there. There's the, uh, the gunfighters, the Lucas oils, and all those different ones. But I put something that kind of whisks away, uh, you know, what we're doing um, on my threads. And for me, it's fire clean. I have a bunch of it. I like it. It works. I can wipe it off after, and it's pretty darn good. If I leave a suppressor on, those threads are all covered up, and it's just the end of the crown that gets messed up. But the suppressor is left on. So that's something that I'm doing. Bolts cleaned, you know, everything's wiped out clean. So there's no, no issues with any of that. It's all wiped down. Chamber's good. I'm in the action's good. I put it up. Now, if I know I'm not going to shoot the rifle for a long time, I do the exact same cleaning, but I do one other step. I take 97% alcohol. I put it on a patch. And I run it through to get that last little bit of any chemical on there out of there. So I'm using 97% alcohol, cleaning that out, putting it up dry. Now here's the deal. Caveat time bomb. I like saying that stuff, man. It's a bomb because it's not everything I'm saying works to degrees and, and, and it's universally pretty good. But there are exceptions and I want to make sure I talk about those exceptions. You guys that live on the East Coast high humidity, Florida, Louisiana, down low, wherever it is, Texas guys, you, you, you might want to consider putting something like a light rim oil or any of that. Here I could be dry. We got like a bad humidity days, 30%. So we're super dry. We're high desert up here. We don't run into humidity problems. Now your Cerakotes, your Duracotes, your things like that, you don't put anything on them. They're ceramic based. They're sealing in the steel. It's really kind of inside. And, you know, for that, you'd probably want a dehumidifier in your safe anyway, so you can put it up dry and clean. But if you have to put a light little bit of rim oil on there, I mean, go super light, super easy on it. It, it needs to come out clear. And then what I also do for my lugs is I throw a little bit of the TW25 or gun butter or some kind of. Uh, grease on the edges of my lugs there and I do it so it's clear I don't do it so you can see the white or any of the coloring in the grease I make it so it's clear and rub it out and I just make sure my lugs got a little nice light coating in there so they run smooth I do tend to jam stuff up with suppressors and things and I'll spine myself cleaning actions a lot more often than I clean barrels uh, especially in the dirt and dust around here when that fine powder dirt gets in the way, you know, I have to clean that stuff out because you, you don't want to be galling up your actions and screwing them up. But a little bit of light grease on there, uh, a little bit of rim oil if you're putting it up. Don't mess with the coats. Don't mess with the stuff. Humidifier in your safe if you got a humidity issue. But that's my cleaning, man. That's it. I don't get crazy. I don't get wrapped around the axle cleaning this stuff and it comes out fine. The guns shoot no problem. I don't have an issue with accuracy. 
Heck, I get more people commenting how I'm getting the accuracy I get out of factory ammo versus the hand loads. And that's just because fundamentals of marksmanship. That's what I'm doing, man. It's the fundamentals of marksmanship. And that's helping me get the accuracy I need out of this stuff. But a lot of these rifles that you see, I'm shooting them pretty often. I'm, I'm doing these things and... I can keep them a little dirtier because I'm constantly going back to them and shooting them. Putting them up, different situation. If you're a guy that, you know, you come home from a day at the range and you got to clean your stuff, don't overdo it. I mean, boar snakes, no problem. Keep them clean. Don't put oils and stuff on them. You know, throw them in the wash machine every now and then. You can pull them through, especially with 308s, man. If you're shooting a 308, fuck, I go to 1,500 rounds in these things and, and they're fine. You know, pull a boar snake through every two, three hundred rounds, you're good to go. It, it doesn't take a lot to get these barrels clean. And I, I will tell you right now, what is the worst thing you could ever, ever do? Get a boar scope. Don't do it. Boar scopes are the worst thing a layman can get. I've seen guys, it, it's funny, when the Sniper's Hide rifles first came out, I mean, GA Precision, the Headhunter, these things were hammers, sub-quarter-minute guns, man. One hole, factory ammo. This guy had one, and he posted groups of shooting quarter-minute or better. And then he borescoped it, and he saw Scratch. And he called GA Precision up, and he was like, George, fix my barrel. It's got a scratch in it. And George is like, hey, man, how's it shoot? He's like, it shoots great. He's like, then what are we touching the barrel for? Boroscopy saw a scratch. You don't know what you're looking at. None of us do. It doesn't matter what the throat, crackly or not. Okay? That's just the kind of delivery part for the bullet. We're not getting too crazy with it. Your runout could be worse as far as bullet runout goes than a little bit of that friggin', you know, erosion in the throat. Okay, chase it. If you're shooting something zippy and fast, have your gunsmith set it back. But otherwise, is it really affecting your accuracy? No. I've yet to see somebody who pulled out a borescope who's had really good results downrange, and then they look at their borescope and think everything's good. Every time, you know, a person looks through a borescope who has no business doing it, they see a Greek tragedy. Just the way it is, it's like, oh my God, world's ending. Look at the surface of the moon here. How could I get any accuracy out of this? I'm going to, I'm, 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 I'm in, I don't know. I don't do it. Don't waste your money on it. Shoot it till it stops shooting. Get a new barrel. Barrels are replaceable. They're tires on your car. You're not going to drive your friggin' tires for the life of your car. You're going to switch them. Barrels are the same thing. Mile high over there, call Mike up. He's got a rack of them. I love going in and looking at their barrels. I'm like, ooh, what can I get next? You know, there's all kinds from the proofs to the Bartlins to the, you know, you name it, it's there. It's like go in. I mean, it, it's, God, what is it? Got to be um, 10, 20 yards of barrels, you know, stacked up, 8, 10 deep, crazy amount. So don't get crazy clean in your rifle, man. Take it out, shoot it, wipe it down, put it up, do what you got to do, but don't overclean them. Overcleaning it is what will ruin your barrels. The, the Gail McMillan article that a lot of people have posted around 
is absolutely correct. It's a scam to get you to waste your barrel and waste your time, and it's it's there to make you feel good. Same thing with, you know, the barrel break-in stuff that these guys put out. You know, to, to you guys out there, they'll sit there and say, yeah, you know, here's your barrel break-in thing because, you, you know, guy spends, here's the deal. Guy spends five grand on a custom rifle. It shows up. There's no barrel break-in in the box because the gunsmith's like, don't worry about it. It's all set. It's been hand-lapped twice. We did a test fire at the range. It's all, you know, here, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Well, I spent five grand. Oh my God, what do I got to do? So what you're going to do, being that guy, is you're going to pick up the phone and you're going to say to your favorite gunsmith, like say back in the day it was me with George Gardner. Hey George, there's no barrel breaking in the box. What do I do? Now he's got to sit there and tell you either don't worry about it, which you're going to freak out if he says that, or he's going to give you this lengthy procedure to make you feel good. Because all it is is a feel good thing. It's a placebo. And they put it in the box so you won't call them. The only time they want you to call them is when you're going to order another rifle. If you're calling them for stupid questions after the fact, he's not making any money on that. And I'm not saying he's there for the money. I'm saying you're wasting his time. And that's why they put breaking stuff in the box because they didn't used to until people started bugging them. I mean, again, I'm going to go back to tack ops. No barrel breaking, you know, no cold bores, none of this stuff based off 700s. These are $5,000 Remington 700 cop guns designed to put them in the same hole every single time. Call them up and ask them what his break-in procedure is. Doesn't exist. Call them up and ask them, you know, how he should be doing all this stuff. He's going to tell you, don't waste your time. Those are the guys who, who, who understand this part of it and have no problem telling you, hey man, don't worry about it. Just go to town and go shoot. I'm going to go in and say it's, it's, it's an anecdotal, but I, I had a, a, an instance where I got two identical Sako TRG 22s, 308s. They're identical. Couldn't tell them apart. And I got them at the same exact time. I broke in one. I didn't touch the other. I just shot. it. I couldn't tell the difference between one over the other after the fact. If I didn't kind of know which one was which, and said to you, tell me which one I broke in and which one I didn't, you would never, ever, ever know. So when it comes to breaking, understand it's a feel-good thing. If it makes you feel good to shoot one round and clean it and shoot two rounds and clean it and shoot three rounds and clean it, hey, man, it's your rifle, it's your time, it's your energy. You know, don't listen to me. I, I, I don't care if you're going to go out and waste five, six hours of your day trying to break in your barrel. You know, it, 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 if it, I don't do it I, on any of them. Nothing you see, I shoot, I break in. The last time I broke in a barrel, and I'm going to tell you the story, okay? I went to Robert Gratis down in Georgia. He had a gunsmith class, for lack of a better word. You went there, brought your parts and components, and you, you built your precision rifle under his you know, observation. He watched you, he helped you, you did certain things. In fact, he even has two barrels there in case you screw up the first one because you're doing a lot of the work. I'm not a gunsmith. I don't even know how to turn the dang machines on, okay? And we're doing old school mill, you know, uh, lathe and all that and we're not using any of the fancy CNC stuff even though it's there. And I'm practicing and I'm doing all these different things. Well, when I chambered that rifle, 
it needed breaking. It, 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 it was dirty. It was fouling. It was doing all these things none of my Bartland barrels ever did before. Why is that? Because I don't know what the hell I'm doing when I'm building a freaking rifle. Okay? I don't know how fast to move that machine in. I don't know what, you know, speed-wise is set. But my movement to bring it in and to chamber this thing caused that rough surface where I had to break it in. That was my fault because I built the gun. If your rifle needs to be breaking in, if it's fouling and it's rough and it's doing all these things that it shouldn't be doing, get a new gunsmith. Okay? Get a guy with a modern CNC. Get a guy who's doing stuff a little bit different than the other guys. And you'll find that all of a sudden these things that people talked about 30, 40, 50 years ago disappeared. Okay? We know how to do this stuff better today. You know, it's it's why we're not lapping rings. People want to lap rings and do all this stuff. Well, they're built by CNC. They're not built how they were before. And the CNCs are so much accurate, you know, more accurate than than they had been in the past. So you're not lapping them that way because they're held to micron tolerances versus, you know, something a lapping bar might look at. Try it out before you go play that game. It's not the same as it was in 1978. How these guys do business today is completely different. So I'm not breaking in the barrels. I'm barely cleaning them. Now I will say this. Instead of breaking them in, if I do have a brand new rifle, brand new deal, I shoot it the first day like normal. And my process is I zero it. I chronograph it. I dope it. When I get home, I'll clean it. Just a normal cleaning, exactly like I said. That's it. I'm not getting crazy with it. Then I'm good until I get to that 500 round mark, depending on caliber or whatever. But 500 is a pretty good number for me is where I see that that dividing. Like I said, 308s, I'll go more. But with the 6.5s I'm shooting today, 500s right around where I want to be when I clean them. And it's an arbitrary number, but it works for me. It's something I can keep track of when, when I kill a case. You know, I, I know I can go and, and clean it up. Okay, this case is gone. Let me clean it. And so that's how I'm doing it. So I zero it. I chronograph it. I dope it. I take it home and clean it. I drive on from there. I'm done. I don't, I don't worry about it. And then, you know, like I said, then I'll clean it, it normal from beyond. But you guys don't have to get wrapped around the axle with this stuff, man. It's, it's not that difficult. These things don't get that dirty. And if they are, there's something wrong. I mean, I get the factory barrel breaking. You got a Remington. It's a Friday gun. You might need to clean it and break it in. It's rough chambered. Okay. You're playing with the throat. You're cleaning that up a little bit. You're shooting it does the same exact thing. I mean, you, you talk about borescopes a minute ago. Um, all that flame is going to burn all that rough stuff out of there. You're going to, you know, kind of clean it up. So if you just shoot it, shoot 100 rounds instead of doing one clean, two clean, three clean, four clean, you know, it's going to give you the same result. When you get home, clean it, and it'll be fine. You know, I've yet to see a negative effect from that, except in people's heads. It's a head trip. It's what makes you feel good. If you spent all this money on something and you want to go through a process because you feel like you've accomplished it and, and this is what it's supposed to be done, hey man, more power to you. If, if you're going to waste 100 rounds of your barrel life on something that may only have an 1,800 round barrel life breaking it in 
then you're going to do load development. And then by the time you finally shoot it, you get 600 rounds out of the thing. Well, why? I'd rather get 800 rounds out of it and not do that than 600 rounds and go through all that effort and time. You know, that's just kind of where my head's at with this stuff. I, I want to shoot more and clean and take care of this stuff less. I mean, I'm shooting tactical rifles. I could see if I had hunting rifles or stuff that was in the ten to $20,000 zone that was a little bit more delicate, that was a little tighter t tolerances. But these are tactical rifles, man. Tactical rifles are supposed to be combat rifles. They're supposed to be in the field. They're supposed to do everything a competition rifle will do under all the situations a hunting rifle will find itself on top of much harsher treatment. So that's why they're, they're built the way they are. And, and you know, you got to recognize that. So, uh, you know, like I said, my break-in is, is next to non-existent except that time I chambered the rifle and I did a terrible job. Um, and again, it's just because I didn't know how fast, how quick, however, and I'm sure I chattered that reamer a little bit or did something a little strange. My cleaning is, is simple. One, two, three, four, I'm done. And yes, I pull it back through. I don't care. It doesn't do anything. You know, that the, the twice it comes back the other way isn't going to hurt anything. It's stainless steel, and we're talking about a nylon bronze brush. And, and yes, I get it. You got carbon particles on it. If, if you want to go and unscrew it and then pull it back through, that's fine. Uh, you know, no big deal. But the, the little bit of stuff that's on there, if you wipe your stuff off after, when I pull it back through, I wipe it off. You know what I mean? You come back through, I take a, a rag in my hand and I slide the, the whole um, rod and everything through that. And then I kind of come through. Not when I got the solvent on it, but when I'm doing brushes and things like that, I'm actually wiping the, the rod off as it comes out because a lot of times you'll get gunk in the um uh the board guides the board guides get crappy inside and, and a lot of that stuff you're looking at is from you know like board guides and things like that as well recycle your brushes and things replace them often if you start to see blue coming off of the the brushes and, and that stuff you know get rid of it and get a new one they're cheap enough uh Part of people see this blue that's coming from their equipment or from inside the, uh, the, the, the bore guide or from these different places that have no bearing on the, uh, the rifle. It's not blue coming from the rifle. It's blue coming from your cleaning equipment. And they'll say, oh, well, there's copper following in there. Probably not. You know, like I said, um, nowadays I don't see, I mean, heck, even with these factory Tikas here, no copper filings, no issues like that. I think, you know, they're, they're all working out really, really well with no break-in, no nothing. I mean, the, the Tika was a one-hole deal. We didn't break in those Ruger RPRs when I went to that. That was one hole. Heck, everybody was using my picture to show it. And, and we didn't do any of these break-in things, you know. So why, if it was so critical, isn't the, you know, the manufacturers, when, we, when I go to these, like, uh, media events, why aren't they sitting there having us break in this stuff to get the optimal out of them? We're, we're just shooting and seeing the results, and the results have been fantastic right out of the box. So it, it's it's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of things you can, you can look at, and there's a lot of myth out there, man. A, a lot of old wives' tales just get extended and extended. But I'll tell you, don't, cl don't clean them nearly as often when I'm using them. 
if I'm putting them up, I, I clean them. I put them up for, you know, cleaning them that way. So I, I know I don't have to worry about them. And I do have some here like breaks and things and some five, five, sixes that I don't clean too often. And they got the blue and all the different colors and powders and, you know, blue green and all this all around the muzzle brakes and stuff. Yeah. All right. I wipe it off and it, it disappears. You know, people talk, well, it's pitting it's all shoots fine. I'm not sweating. It's an AR, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it needs to be off a little bit. So I don't put two in one hole. I put one an inch away and make an extra hole, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't, I don't want one hole in the target. I want multiple holes. So that, that's, that's something to definitely look at. But uh, I, I appreciate all the, all the support, all the uh, feedback we're getting on the podcast. And it's, it's been really refreshing. I was quite surprised uh, with, with the feedback. I didn't think this would go over well. And I, I was definitely surprised of, you know, how well you guys are taking it. it some of the funny stuff uh, was adjusting with the, the meme today. That cracked me up, man. Uh, yeah, talking about, you know, your wife sexually pleasuring you. Yep, no, if, she, if she's not doing it, punch her in the forehead, man. Say, this is from Frank. So she should recognize your your proudness with the with the weapon back in the old days you know you'd be that hunter killer she was after you know she wants that that breadwinner that provider and here with, with your target on the refrigerator you're showing her that if this was like medieval times you'd be the guy out there putting putting you know deer steaks on the on the table versus the guy who who's not catching a bunny you know so you, you, instead of instead of eating veggies man you'd be the meat eater and, and so that's why, I, you know, tell her she needs to get in, in with the uh, with the program. She needs to get with the program that, you know, you're, you're putting targets on the refrigerator to show her this was a bow and arrow back in the day. We'd be having boar for dinner, that kind of stuff. So it, it just it just makes me laugh with, with, with some of that. But anyway, going to be a quick one. Uh, I guess that that cleaning and barrel break in. If you have any questions on it, man, come on over to Sniper's Hide. Ask me. I'm, I'm happy to tell you there's plenty of posts. I got videos on YouTube on it. It, it works for me. It, 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 it's something I can do. It doesn't take a lot of time. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll clean, you know, while I'm cooking on the grill. You know, it takes me that couple minutes. I'll put something on the grill and then I'll go and clean it up right there behind me. And by the time I'm ready to eat, it's I'm done cleaning. You know, it's one of those deals. So go ahead and, you know, Hit me up, post some stuff on Facebook. Uh, like I said, I'm not reading nearly as much. Mike's been responding to the Facebook stuff uh, pretty great. So he'll, he'll hit you up with anything. And heck, I don't, I don't know where his head's at with cleaning that way. I'm, I'm sure he's under the same you know kind of thoughts we all are. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to talk to Mike about it. Uh, we're looking forward to, to having him back on the podcast. Uh, it, it'll be fun bantering back and forth with him. But again, thanks a lot. It'll be a quick one this one. Break in cleaning easy enough everyday sniper loving it you guys thanks a lot